Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our city campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation, and our world. Is anyone here thirsty? Anyone thirsty? A couple of you. They say that we, uh, we need to drink eight to ten glasses of water a day. And... Uh, it is, it is a small glass, and the reality is, if we drank eight to ten glasses of water this size, our bodies would be thirsty every day, every day. See, our thirst is an indicator in our physical body that our body needs more water to, to function well. And if this was the eight to ten glasses we were drinking, we would still be thirsty every day and our body would be crying out for more. Now, the reality is the uh, same God who created our bodies with a thirst indicator and uh, a way of quenching that thirst by uh, giving us water is the same God who created us body, mind, and soul, who who made us with, with a soul within us that longs to be filled, a soul that has a thirst. And maybe tonight, you know, this is just a little picture of what you've been expecting from God. It's what you've been asking God for. And God tonight saying, I want to give you more. I want to give you more. I, I actually, if you'll come to me thirsty, I, I want to give you more of my spirit. Let me just read a couple of psalms that, uh, that talk about this spiritual thirst within us. Just a few verses. Psalm 63 says, You God are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. Listen to this. My whole being, body, mind, and soul, my whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. Then Psalm 42, very similar kind of prayer. It says, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants, my soul longs for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where can I go and meet with God? Where can I have my thirst quenched? Where can I I find God in such a way that I am filled and my my spiritual thirst is, is quenched. And Jesus answers this question that the psalmist asks hundreds of years later. In John chapter 7, it says, On the last and the greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone, everyone say anyone. 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 If the invitation is for anyone who is thirsty, come to me and drink. I'll uh, read a few more of those verses in just a minute, but I just want to unpack uh, th- this first verse, just set the scene a little bit. You know, Jesus is at a feast or a festival uh, of tabernacles. It was a week-long feast, a week-long festival that the people of Israel would participate in every year. And they would camp out in, in little booths or little tents around the city to remember the time that they had no home. 
and they were wandering in the desert and they were hungry and they didn't know which way to go and they were thirsty. And they, they, every year they'd, they'd spend this week together remembering that when they were wandering in the desert or when their forefathers were wandering in the desert, God miraculously showed them the way to go when they didn't know the way to go. He put a cloud and fire in the sky to show them where to go when they didn't know the way. And they would remember the way that when they were hungry and there was no food in the desert, that God provided food for them to eat, manna and quail from the sky. And they would also remember that when they were thirsty in the desert, God provided them water to drink to satisfy their physical thirst. You see, you can go for 40 days. Andrew just talked about before some people are going to go 21 days uh, without food, fasting. Uh, You can do it. You can do 40 days. Jesus did it, you know, in the desert uh, without food. And your body will survive. Might not feel like it's going to survive on night two, but it will survive. You can go for eight days in the desert without sleep. I wouldn't recommend it. It's not good for your body, but it's, been, but it's been done and your body will survive. My son went for two weeks in the desert without changing his undies. We were driving across the Simpson Desert, favourite Spider-Man undies, didn't want to change them, didn't matter what we did. Now, he does want me to remind you he was eight at the time, um, but he, two weeks, again, wouldn't recommend it, but you'll survive if you want to give it a go. But three days in the desert without water, and you're dead. Three days. Your your body is dependent on water. And these these guys are wandering in the desert, and they get to a point where they've got nothing to drink, and they're whinging, they're crying out to God. And God says to Moses, just listen to this, Numbers chapter 20, God says to Moses, imagine this is a rock, speak to the rock, and water will pour out of it. Speak to the rock before their very eyes and water will pour out of it so all of the people and their livestock could drink. That's impossible. Water does not flow out of a rock. Water flows over rocks, water flows around rocks, but a water is, is a, a rock, sorry, is a dry, dense, dead collection of, of minerals and water does not flow out of a rock. It's impossible. And God says to Moses, speak to the rock and water, the impossible will happen. Water will flow out of the rock. What do you say to a rock when you want water to come out of it? Please? <laughs> fill her up for what we're about to receive. May the Lord make us truly thankful. <laughs> Suri, turn on tap. <laughs> Turns out Moses didn't know what to say either. Moses had no idea what to say, and so instead he picks up a stick and he hits the rock with a stick. That sounds like a funny thing to do too, but it was a pretty cool stick. You see, Moses had used that stick in the past. He'd held it up and God parted the Red Sea. He'd thrown that stick on the ground and it turned into a snake and he picked it up again and it became a stick again. And just about a year before this moment in Numbers chapter 20, They were in another spot in the desert where they were thirsty and they had nothing to drink and God told Moses to hit the rock with a stick and water flowed out. 
I just tell that part of the story just to remind us today, we've seen moves of God in the past. Maybe you've seen God at work in your life in a really powerful way in the past. Don't presume it will always happen the same way in this season. You see, God got angry at Moses for hitting the rock instead of speaking to the rock because he was simply disobedient. He didn't trust that God could do the impossible in that moment. Moses missed out on entering into the promised land because of his disobedience. My encouragement is this, as Andrew said before, God is moving, God is stirring. I believe in our nation and around the globe and in our church. I'm really thankful for what God is doing in this Come Holy Spirit series. And all he expects of us is to listen to him in this moment and be obedient. And we'll see God do the impossible. But this is the incredible thing about the generosity of God. Moses disobeyed. He he didn't obey God. He didn't speak to the rock. He hit the rock. You know what God did? He's so gracious. Water flowed from that rock. Even though Moses did the wrong thing, water poured out from that rock enough for hundreds of thousands of people to drink, for their thirst to be satisfied, and all of their livestock. See, our God is a generous God. He he loves to provide miraculously for his people. And they're at this festival, this festival of tabernacles. And this was such a powerful moment in the past in their nation that every uh, every day the the priest would, would pick up his jug and go down to the pool of Siloam and fill up, you know, a jug of water and walk back, picked up the wrong one, and walk back to the... um, to the temple and they would pour out that water on the altar of God and they would give thanks to God. But it wasn't just some solemn kind of ritual. It was this incredible outpouring of joy. As they marched through the streets, they would sing you know, psalms and they would declare the goodness of God. There's just this overwhelming joy for what God had done in the past to satisfy their thirst and to save them in the desert. But on the last and the greatest day of the festival, it wasn't just you know, once that they would go down to the pool and pour out water, but seven times they would march around with these jugs of water and pour out water and there was just this incredible, overwhelming joy at what God had done in the past. In Isaiah, it it says this, with joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. And they did. And a rabbi, rabbi at the time said this, he that has never seen the joy of the Beth He Shabua, I'm not even sure that's the right way to say it, but the, the water drawing has never in his life seen joy. There was an outpouring of joy. There was water everywhere. And it was in this moment that Jesus stands up in a prominent place and in a loud voice says, if any one of you is thirsty, come to me and drink. I can satisfy your spiritual thirst. He's standing in a religious place. He's surrounded by religious ritual. And he doesn't point to religion. 
He's surrounded by religious people. And he doesn't say, you know, you just need more religion. He doesn't say you just need more rituals. He said the only way for your thirst that's within you to be satisfied is to come to me. It's in a personal relationship with me that your spiritual thirst can be satisfied. You won't find it anywhere else. You see, every single one of us in this room and every person you ever lock eyes with has a spiritual thirst. The only difference is where we try and have that thirst satisfied. There's a longing in us for more. You know, one more relationship and I'll be satisfied. One more sexual encounter and I'll be satisfied. You know, one more uh, business deal and I'll be satisfied. One more zero in my bank account and, and I'll be satisfied. You know, one more Mars bar and I'll be satisfied. One more drink and I'll be satisfied. You know, one more, you know, purchase, one more delivery landing on my doorstep from Amazon and then I'll be satisfied. And don't dig anyone in the ribs right now because every single one of us has got something that we look to. We've all got a temptation to turn to inferior sources to be satisfied. And the problem is they never do. One more of anything. One more bit of religion. One more ritual. One more bit of retail therapy. One more of anything will never satisfy Jesus says, if you're thirsty, come to me and drink. This is for anyone. If you read through the chapters leading up to this point, Jesus has been at the Feast of Tabernacles for a couple of days. And the majority of the people there were sceptical. They didn't believe. They were doubters. Some were hard-hearted. Some wanted to kill him. And they're the people he's talking to. Anyone. The only requirement is you're thirsty. You recognise your spiritual thirst and you've been turned to the wrong things. Turn to me. If anyone is thirsty, come to me and drink. Then he says, whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this, remember this is before the outpouring of the spirit of Pentecost, by this he meant the spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive. You see, God had promised through the centuries that he was going to pour out his spirit in a new way. In Isaiah 44, it says uh, this, For I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit on your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. There's a promise of God here to pour out you know, his spirit on dry and weary and thirsty people. And they'll become life-giving, people of a blessing. And there'll be, a, there'll be an overflow. The blessing will flow from generation to generation. As God pours out you know, his spirit, there's a blessing that flows into our families. In the book of Joel, he, uh, the, the prophet Joel prophesied and afterward, and he's talking about you know, this, this time when the spirit would come. I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I'll pour out 
my spirit in these days. It's this picture of pouring out, of God generously pouring out his spirit, just like water is poured out to satisfy our thirst. God will pour out you know, his spirit to satisfy our spiritual thirst. And there's an overflow there's an overflow in our families here. There's, there's an overflow in the way people speak. People, will, young and old, will prophesy. They'll speak the very words of God. And we see immediately when that happened at Pentecost, Peter, who had been afraid to speak, actually has courage to speak. And he speaks to people about the good news of Jesus for the first time. And thousands of people get slaved. There's an overflow in his life. And this is what Jesus is saying. He's saying all of these pictures in the Old Testament of the Holy Spirit being poured out and overflowing in our lives to the people around us. It's happening through me. It's happening through me. It'll be like streams of living water flowing with, with, from within you if you come to me. I used to have a terrible habit. And I, I'm not going to... Uh, you know, make some sort of uh, confession uh, here right now. But my habit was I used to fall asleep when I was driving all the time. In, in fact, when I was younger, it was daily. And I got away with it day after day after day until one time I didn't get away with it and I fell asleep with Susan beside me six months pregnant with our first child. And I thought I'd killed us all. And it was a huge wake-up call for me. I'm never going to do that again. I now I learned, you know, how I, uh, what the signs were that I was getting tired and I needed to, uh, to pull over, I needed to stop. And, and for years it was, it was fine. And then one time I had to drive on my own from Mount Isa to Brisbane. I don't know if you've ever done that drive, but it's a long way and it is so boring. It's just straight road. There's no corners and it's just dead and boring and you're just driving. I'm 11 o'clock in the morning and I'm already falling asleep. I wind down the window. I'm driving with my head out the window just trying to stay awake. You know, I got the music turned up to 11 just trying to, you know, keep my eyelids open. You know, I started pulling all of the hairs on my arms and on my legs. You know, I pulled off every hair on my leg. You know, I looked like a plucked chicken. And still, and still I'm falling asleep. And so I came up with a new plan. The beginning of every hour, I would pour myself two litres of water and I would just scull it. I would scull down two litres of water and I wouldn't allow myself to stop for another hour. I just want to tell you here tonight, you cannot fall asleep when you're driving <laughs> like this. It's not natural. When you take that much fluid into your body, there must be an overflow. <laughs> and what Jesus is promising here, I know it's a crass example, but throughout Scripture there's this, there's this metaphor of physical thirst and water to actually help us to understand our spiritual thirst and the Holy Spirit. And Jesus is saying, when my spirit comes, there'll be an overflow. 
I don't want you just to drink a little bit and be satisfied. I want to fill you to overflowing so that you get blessed and the people around you get blessed. And so in Ephesians chapter 5, Paul uh, says to the church, a church just like us, do not get drunk on wine or do not be filled with too much wine because that is an overflow of that. It leads to debauchery. If you fill yourself with too much wine, there'll be an overflow of sin in your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And once again, there'll be an overflow. It's just a different type of overflow. Be filled with the Holy Spirit and you'll speak to one another in psalms, hymns and spiritual songs. There'll be an overflow of worship to God. When you are filled with the Spirit, there'll be an overflowing joy as we sing songs to God. It will flow out of us. It will bless us and it will bless people around us. Let me just unpack the Greek that we translate in English, be filled, because it's really important. I want us to, uh, to get this. There's four things we need to understand about this word. Firstly, it's imperative. In the Greek, it's an imperative. It means it's a command. It is not an optional extra. Paul's saying this is for every single person who's a believer in Jesus. Be Filled, just like make disciples. It's a command. Secondly, it's passive. It's only God that can fill. We have to ask. God fills. We ask. It's imperative. It's passive. It's plural. It's for everyone. It's not just for, for some. It's for everyone in the church. And lastly, it's in the present continuous tense. That means be filled and go on being filled. You see, when we put our faith in Christ, we're baptised into the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes and lives within us. But living in this broken world, giving out to, to others, getting distracted by all sorts of other things, getting too busy in our lives and turning to inferior sources of satisfaction, we begin to leak. And God says, I want to keep filling you. Come back and let me keep filling you. And this is a bit I want you to really get a hold of tonight. God wants to fill you. He wants to, for some of you, he wants to increase the size of your cup. He actually wants to fill you with more than what you've ever experienced before. In Luke chapter 11, you know, when, when Jesus is teaching on prayer and he says, you earthly fathers, even though at times your hearts are evil, you know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more? Well, your Father in heaven who is perfect gives the Holy Spirit to those who ask. God wants to pour his Spirit into your life and he does not hold back. It's only that at times we hold back. So how do we be filled with the Spirit? I want to keep it really simple. There's not sort of this one go-to formula or guide in Scripture. I just want to keep two simple things. Firstly, Humble repentance before God. You want to be filled with more of God? You've got to make room in your life for more of God. You've got to turn away from the things that you've been turning to 
You've got to let go of the things that are in your heart that you're holding onto that aren't of God. You've got to turn from them and let God come and fill you afresh. Jeremiah said this. He said, my people have committed two sins. Which is not too bad if you've only committed two sins, but they're, uh, they're significant. He says, they've forsaken me, the spring of living water, and they've dug their own cisterns or their own wells Broken wells, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. He said, you keep turning to an inferior source. You turn away from me and they never satisfy. You won't find what what you're looking for there. And maybe some of you tonight, you've recognised that's true in your own life. There's a repetitive sin that you keep turning to, hoping that it will satisfy. But constantly over-promises and under-delivers. And God's saying, turn to me. Repetitive sin will actually harden your heart and deaden your soul. For some of you tonight, it's actually some offence that you're holding in your heart. You're holding offence towards somebody. And God's saying, if you just give that to me, I want to fill your heart with something that's better. What you're holding on to is making you bitter. But I want to fill your heart with something that is better. Humble repentance before God. Repetitive sin will harden your heart. It'll deaden your soul. This is the good news. Your heart only starts, stays hard and your soul only stays dead towards God for as long as you keep turning to other things instead of God. This is an incredible promise. In Acts chapter 3, it, it says, Repent and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out and that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Do you understand who Peter is speaking to at that moment? He's speaking to the people who crucified Jesus. If anyone should miss out, if anyone should miss out on this invitation from Jesus, to satisfy their spiritual thirst, to have refreshing from God. It's the people who crucified the Son of God. And yet it's this beautiful promise, repent, turn to God, times of refreshing may come. And they did. People with hard hearts towards God were refreshed and came alive in Christ. You want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Humble repentance before God. And secondly, there's a hunger and a thirst for God. In in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. They are the ones that will be filled. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for me. Jesus is our righteousness. He'll fill us. The question tonight is, are you hungry for God? Are you thirsty for God? Do you want to be filled with more of God? Religion will never satisfy your soul. Don't go through this year just ticking off religious tick boxes. Don't go through this year just going through the motions. God loves to pour out his spirit. He's just looking for people who will repent and turn to him and people who are hungry and thirsty for him. It's one of our values as a church is that we hunger for the presence of God. 
that, that we seek the life-giving presence of God in prayer and worship. And it was such a privilege to be tonight as we're just seeking God together in worship. We've got 21 days of prayer and fasting coming up. And this is a time where we, we put aside some of our earthly human comforts, some of the things we regularly turn to, to fill us, to comfort us, to say, God, I want more of you. And they're not, they're not necessarily sinful things. Sometimes it's just a regular meal, something that gives us regular comfort and saying, God, I'm going without that regular meal for a time because I'm hungry for you. God, I really want that Big Mac. But God, I want you more. And I tell you, I've just seen breakthrough after breakthrough in my own life. As much as I find fasting very, very difficult. So I look back you know, through my life and ministry, many of the breakthroughs that God has, has done in my life have actually came in those moments where I'm just desperate before God, saying, God, I'm really hungry right now. God, I feel weak. God, would you come and fill me? As Andrew's already said, I encourage you to just be asking God, what are you going to fast from? What are you going to put aside to actually be filled with the the power and the love of God in this season. You know, in, um, I might uh, get Johan to come up, actually, if that's right, and just uh, start to play. We're going to sing a little bit later, but I want us to pray uh, for a few moments first. You know, it says when the Holy Spirit's poured out uh, in Acts chapter 2, and, uh, and Joel is quoted, he says, uh, I'll pour out my Spirit on all, all people, Young men will see visions and old men will dream dreams. I've been seeing visions for years, but I've just started dreaming dreams. That means I'm old. <laughs> but I'm serious here for a moment. I had the most powerful dream I've had probably in the last decade, about 12 nights ago. And in this dream, I'm in my parents' holiday house on the central coast of New South Wales that they actually sold about 15 years ago. But in my childhood, it was one of my, uh, if I look back at my fondest childhood memories, many of them were in that house. Just great family times. And as I got older, it was the place that I would go to to spiritually retreat. It's where the, it's the first time I ever prayed and fasted was in that house. It was a really special uh, place for me. Anyway, in my dream, I, I walk in the front door of this house and it's just full of excessive drinking and immorality. And I'm angry. I'm agitated. And I work out in the dream that uh, the next door neighbours, while my parents were away and not in the house, decided to have their daughter's 21st in my parents' house. And there's just kids, young people everywhere drinking and just... I won't go into all the story. And I'm angry and I find this, this, the father from next door. And I'm going, this, you can't do this. And he said, we do this all the time. This, this, this is normal. I said, I don't care. This is my father's house. And this is not what my father would want. And I started arguing with this guy. And over and over again in this dream, I just kept saying, this is my father's house. And it is not what my father would want. 
And I could start to feel the heart of my dad. And I know that's not what he wanted in his house. And this guy started getting physically aggressive with me. And I just would not back down. I just kept saying over and over in this dream, this is my father's house. And this is not what my father would want in his house. And I actually woke up in my dream, this guy's holding a knife to my throat. And I was just saying, this is my father's house. And this is not what my father wants in his house. And, and I woke up. And yeah, you had that moment where you're just really thankful that was a dream. <laughs> I wasn't about to die. And then I just had this, this moment with God. I was just taken to that, that time that Jesus feels his father's pain when he walks into the temple and he sees all the money changes, making it difficult for people to come into the presence of God. And he sees people actually using his father's house as a place of trade rather than a place where people would come and pray, would come and seek the face of God, would seek the presence of God. And Jesus in that moment, it's the most aggressive that we see him in the Gospels, turns over the tables and he says in a loud voice, this is my father's house and it is to be a house of prayer for all nations. I just started to feel something of the heart, not of my earthly father, but the heart of our heavenly father, his heart for the church is that anyone who is thirsty can come, that no one makes it difficult for people to come. And his house, his church would be a place of prayer, a people that just earnestly seek Him with all of our hearts. More important than anything else, more important than wealth, more important than, than worldly goods, more important than the things of this world, that we would be a people that worship Him with all of our heart. This is my Father's house. My Father wants us, our Father wants us to be a house of prayer for all nations. You're hungry and thirsty for more of God. God wants to fill you as you seek Him with all of your heart. He wants to fill you afresh with His Spirit. Let's stand together tonight. I just want to lead us in just a simple way of confession and repentance for a moment. There may be other places and times, things that you need to do in the next 21 days. But just for a moment tonight, just begin as you breathe out, just begin to confess the ways that you've turned to inferior sources to be satisfied. They may not even be things that you've done, but they're just desires in your heart. Just confess it to God and let it go as you breathe out. As you breathe in, just breathe in the extravagant love and forgiveness of God forgives your sins wipes them away I don't know who this is for but I just believe it's for someone this morning 
as you breathe out, just let go of the offence in your heart that, that you know is making your heart bitter. Just forgive people that have hurt you. As you breathe in, just breathe in the love, the blessing, the goodness of God. And begin to pray it for that person. Just pray that God would pour out his goodness, his blessing on that person. God, as we turn to you tonight, come and fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit. You're such a generous God. Pour out your spirit in this place. Pour out your love, your power, your grace. More of you, God, and less of us. Hey, tonight, you might be here. It's before we sing. We are going to sing in a moment. But if you're just here and you're just saying, I just want more of God. I just want more of God. I want my cup filled overflowing. I appreciate what I've experienced of God up until this point. But I want more. I want more. If there's a hunger and a thirst in you for more of God, can I just invite you just to come to the front right now? Just come to the front, just open your arms. We're just going to pray that God would fill you with his Holy Spirit. He just fill you afresh. We hope you've been blessed by this message. If we can pray for you or you would like to take further step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to connect with you. Please head to gatewaybaptist.com.au and click on Get Connected to let us know.